Here it is, everybody, for our final scheduled episode of Season 2, Crest, in partnership with Elusive, is proud to bring you Part 2 of our chat with the Gill. In this episode, Tom and Rob quiz this national treasure about his travels around the UK, his surf photography, and some of the pioneering surf spot discoveries he's made around the British Isles. Today, we've also released the full-length version of the usual theme to the show as a single. Have a look for Punks of Harlech wherever you get your music, and if you could like it and share, that would really help us out. So, until next time, we hope you've had some good autumn surfing, Paddle over and say hello if you see us in the water. And now I'll leave you to enjoy part two of Tom and Rob's chat with The Gill. So, we finished off. We said we were with a promise we were going to talk about photography, um, which is arguably what you are best known for yes in terms of you know sort of the various professions and incarnations of the gill um and so where where and how does that start does your penchant for photography kick in because that goes way back doesn't it all the stories you've told us in episode one yes it goes it goes back you're taking pictures the whole time traveling around with well my father used to have a an slr camera minolta SLR, which I I had, and mm. he did let me use it. I was interested. I always wanted to use his camera. Because nobody really had SLR cameras then. They had yeah. box brownies and things like that. It had a because John nice Conway used to have it, didn't he? And he oh, would always yeah. put it after his byline and the photography and the yeah. photos, wasn't he? John yeah, Conway Minolta. Minolta. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And he was the only person I think, wasn't he? Apart from then you, by the sound of things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Conway. Yeah, I don't think there were many taking shots, mm. but. Uh, so it went all the way through, and I'd, I'd always taken it, and then, then art college. But I was never wealthy enough to buy one of those big white lenses. It never happened. The 600 mil. 600 mil. That was the gold standard, wasn't it? 600 yeah. mil, yeah. And in France, uh, Alex Williams said, can you look after my uh, camera? It's on a tripod, because mm. he used to do the windsurfing circuit yeah. and get paid a fortune, obviously. So the fella from Bantham area, I think, isn't he? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, that chap from Dan Bantham area. That's him, yeah. Alex Williams. Yeah. yeah. He is world famous. Yeah. But, um, so he went off to get some lunch straight away. I had a uh, Canon camera at the time. And my Canon body fitted straight onto his back of his 600mm. And there I was, firing away all the, all the pros. And the difference, it was night and day, you know. It was, mm. it was just like clarity. It was like putting glasses on. Mm. And I always wanted one. And, uh, you know, to get the shots in the mags, you sort of had to have that. Mm. And I eventually managed to buy one when I was in the guest house, uh, second-hand one. Got it off um, Tate. Alex Lewis. Alex Lewis, yeah. photographer. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is it now. Mm. Carver, just going to use every shot of mine. But uh, it didn't quite happen that way. <laughs> <laughs> and I've just sold it recently and uh, got myself a 500 mil. But all the way through, I've I've taken shots. But I did have a stage where I filmed a lot because I did work with S4C TV, um, yeah. Boomerang. Yeah. Uh, you know, great bunch of blokes they were. Yeah. And uh, and a couple of girls in there who yeah. were very amusing. And we did a few good trips with them. Yeah. And which came first in, in terms of your your, your sort of photography journey then taking taking photos of UK surf or taking photos of sort of French or you know foreign surf um, probably foreign to right. be honest. you know 
France, Spain, Portugal, Mandaka and all that, you'd, yeah. you'd, you'd just be wanting to get some shots of it. Mm. Uh, and I did, I got some great, mm. great early shots. Mm. And they, they tend not to get seen. <laughs> <laughs> Because the vault's too big, <laughs> it's such a pain to get to no, try and no, pick them out. Yeah, so well, uh, uh, people say that too, don't they? Mm. That the other thing that comes along with the photography, then, of course, is the travel that you put down, and a lot of it pioneering sort of discovery travel, you know. And um, mm. and how how did you sort of first start getting to move around the UK? Was it was it it was through a, a repping job? Was no, it no, that came later. So the first. I did have a geography background, right? And I was very good with maps, and I read a few books on weather, you know, mm. and uh, saw a few uh, videos. Yeah, watched the weather charts, watched uh, Michael Fish, and you know, became a amateur uh, sort of meteorologist, I suppose. Yeah. But just for surf, mm. but I did understand the whole thing, you know. I was. I was no um, Tony Butt, you know. Mm. I didn't go to college and study it. Yeah. Uh, you know how uh, the wind blows over waves and they oscillate and da da da. Yeah. You don't need to know that. <laughs> Just need to know the basics mm. that you can get surf in uh, Clandudno. You know, yeah. On a strong northwest. Mm. So armed with that, everyone was going south, and I had been south to the heat, and I wanted to do a little bit of exploring, mm. and I. I'd been to Scotland with the geography trip and I was in Newquay and a friend was with me. He worked in the hotel and he had a Volkswagen split screen camper van, mm. which he wanted to go on a trip. He was sort of a recreational surfer. Mm. He, he didn't really surf. He had a, he used my old longboard, which I had a wooden longboard with uh, three stringers, you know, weighed a ton and a big sort of multi uh, wooden skeg. Mm multi-wood, wooden skeg. And off we went, went up, stopped in Manchester to sort of uh, refuel, see my parents and the family. And then up to Scotland, I was sort of guiding him. He was driving and- This this guiding, am I right in saying this guiding took place with the use of a map that you picked up in Sale Library? Well, it was the, I think it's called the Guide to Surfing in Britain. Okay. And it was 1970, 1971, the book. 71. And who, who it was, was the only was thing. writing a book like that in 71 then? I don't know. Mike Conlon had taken pictures. Right. So he, he was Porth Call. Yeah. He used to take some shots. Yeah. Early shots. Pete Bounds. Right. Yeah, Pete Bounds, sorry. I think Mike Conlon might have been surfing. Right. Uh, and I, I, I saw it. I thought, oh, my God, look at this fantastic wave. I've got to surf there one day. And that was um, Coney Beach. Really? Yeah. It was a great shot <laughs> I of it. was expecting <laughs> something else. <laughs> it was a great shot. <laughs> I still never surfed it. Because <laughs> <laughs> really? when I got there, I didn't want to. <laughs> I'd have to be dragged in, kicking and screaming. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so off to Scotland, and I had all the maps, and I'd, I used to photocopy the uh, Ordnance Survey maps because they're expensive to buy, so just uh, photocopying them in the library all the, and marked all the places off, which um, I'll show you the maps. Mm. And they've got all the. So you still got these in your collection. I still got them, yeah. Amazing. They're tucked up in some boxes in the back room, so I'll get them out. I'll take them out, and I mended them a little bit on you know subsequent trips. Yeah. But they were pretty well right as they were. I grew possible so left point. This is the, the coast of Caithness. Gills Bay, 
possible yeah. left point. You know, I looked at it, I thought, yes, yeah, that will be left offshore, southwest. I mean, it's easy, really. Yeah. But nobody seemed to think of it. And I don't think anybody other than some maybe Australian searching for his roots, you know, yeah. might have driven around the top of Australia, not realising, because, you know, there was all, oh, no waves in the UK, mate, you know, it was yeah. all that. Uh, Edinburgh had surfers, and I think Fraserburgh. Pease Bay. Pease Bay. Pease Bay. Yeah. That was on that map in the surf guide. But this is still miles from Caithness, isn't it? That's the thing. You get, you, you get to Inverness, <laughs> and it's still miles. They never went north, because yeah. they're, they're all focused on beer Yeah, because they're cold. Whoa. They want to be warm. So I I thought, get, I'm, getting, I'm getting chills of what I know is coming next mm. then. So none of them... So yeah, so I thought, mm, I'm going to go and have a look at all this. It's, uh, it's going to be empty, because I'd experienced crowds everywhere. Mm-hmm. I thought I don't want to get away from it. You you want to surf with somebody, you know, friends, mm-hmm. but you you know, you don't want to surf the crowds, and on your own's a bit uh, lonely as well. However good the waves are, Absolutely. which I could come to that later mm. on an island in the uh, southern Indian yeah. Ocean. But I drove up. We stopped at uh, the northwest. Just to tip. say we. This is you and Sarah. Then is it? No, or? sorry. This. Uh, it's before Sarah. Yeah. This is me and Paul, the uh, bloke who had the van. Right. A friend of mine in Newquay. Mm. And uh, he just wanted to see the world, basically, yeah. before he went back to Australia. So yeah. uh, we got to Durness, and oh, I see, uh, you know, about five, six foot perfect left peak in Durness Bay. I'm going in. Yeah. He, he just. I think he might have smoked a bit of dope and watched, you know, played his guitar. Because yeah. uh, I wasn't really into dope or anything. And yeah. I was into surfing. Yeah. And he was happy seeing the scenery mm. and great waves. And I thought, oh, this whole coast now. And the map was dotted with surf spots all the way along, you know, every single, probably about every, every five miles. Uh, drove across the north across the it was all single track road which I think it still is but it was proper single track road yeah. and you never ever saw a car coming towards you yeah. and you cross that big sort of peat bog along the top where you cross between uh, Loch Erebol and the Kyla Tongue and we got to the top you could see the Kyla Tongue you could see waves so I got my skateboard out which I'd brought back from Montreal <laughs> I think it had clay wheels on it mm. and uh skated all the way down into Tong from the very top of the moors. Mm. The road just wound down. That was, oh, was fantastic. It was like surfing. It's like snowboarding, which I took up later mm. and uh, got down there. And we stopped and surfed a little beach Colbacky, under Colbacky Hill, the mountain. We walked up the top just to scan mm. the whole coast. Even then, it would be, you know, walking up. How long did it take to walk up to the top there? Oh, Christ, it was probably an hour's hike to the yeah. top. Mm. You know, it's quite a big thing. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about hikes down the line a little bit. No. Yeah, carry on anyway. Well, that was one. It's sort of, you know, they never end when you're going up a mountain. Mm. And then, then you get to the top, you look down, you think, mm, wish I'd had a drone. Yeah. <laughs> but they weren't invented, or, or <laughs> mobile phones. Yeah. Or even thought of, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, thought of. So, uh, carrying along the coast to um, Sandside. Yeah, oh, had, we're getting closer. Uh-oh. That was marked oh. off. But it had a very small wave that, in it. Yeah. Sandside. Oh, right, yeah, Sandside's the point break. It's the Dune left, Ray, the left the beach. off the harbour. Yeah. You, of course, familiar with Dune Ray because yeah. your father was... Uh, my father had been, so I knew, and I, he could see the power station, and uh, I knew he, he 
he'd worked in there, you know. He he wasn't working there then. He's back down okay. in in, uh, in Manchester, at Nutsford, at the Nuclear Power Group yeah. Centre. So I'm up at Dunray. Oh, this is where he was. Wild, desolate, and sandside. I couldn't surf here. I wanted to. I thought oh, I'd love to surf here and tell them I'd surf right opposite the power station. And then I skipped along. I avoided number tens, of course, <laughs> and got straight to Thurzo. Could see plenty of waves breaking on Brim's Ness, but it looked right. a bit wild. Yeah, I think it was a bit windy. That I didn't even know it was a surf spot. Yeah, uh, and got to Thurzo, and oh, it was pumping. It, it was actually too much for me <laughs> yeah. at the time to go in on my own. Did you did you realise what you just discovered? Uh, sort of I didn't imagine Thurzo was going to be the best place mm. I wasn't going I'm going to Thurzo mm-hmm. to discover Thurzo I turned up there and the harbour was pumping the harbour was you know like a six foot mm. it's a sizey swell you're there on yeah and I looked over at the castle and I thought oh Jesus I'm not I took some shots of it and stuff oh no, I'll, I'll go in here. So that was that first day. But a chap turned up, Scottish bloke, who'd been in Newquay and was learning to surf. Mm. I said, oh, I've never seen surfboards or surfers up here. He's going, oh, I've been... He said, I, I go in on the beach. He goes in on Thurzo Beach learning to surf. Mm. I said, look, look at this here. Why are you going... Oh, no. I said, get in here with me on this uh, harbour. He could stand up sort of thing. Mm. And the harbour was... As good as anything we got around here, mm. it was running off, and it was a left off it, which mm. you know I'm a goofy foot. So straight in, and it was pumping, and we we surfed the harbour, and he, he had a few waves, and he enjoyed it, and I had some, and I never, I never saw him again. Next day, I think he'd gone to work, mm. and uh, the next day, I went round to Thurzo, and it swell had dropped. It was probably about three or four foot, and I thought, oh great. And it was breaking high tide and close in, and basically it was a nightmare. It was uh, too quick for me on the on the backhand. Mm. Very tricky on the backhand at that stage. I went in, had, had a couple of rides, and got washed up a few times. Uh, then left for Merkel, looking for what I thought was a perfect left on the corner of Merkel, inside bagpipe. Mm. They they call it pussy. Oh, pussy it's the one that goes into deep water, isn't it? It pussy. almost looks like it's going to break the whole way. Well, it's good sometimes. Yeah. Yes, because we didn't surf it then. I didn't surf it because it was whomping through and it was coming up, wrapping onto the slab. Mm. I think the tide was too high mm. at the time. I've, I've surfed it since a few times, and it's it's been lovely when the tide's back. And I'm looking at uh, look backpipe, thinking that is pipeline. I remember th- looking at it going, it is pipeline. There's no beach, there's no lifeguards, it's freezing cold, and it's just me here. And it's pipeline. And I'm, I've never been to Hawaii, and I'm not going in there. <laughs> so it just discounted it. People weren't surfing slabs, they weren't surfing anything like that, ex- mm. except pipeline, you know. They'd, they'd fly to Hawaii to surf it, but they would have go to Scotland to surf it for years. You know. mm. it, so it was unridden for years. You say for years, so were you um, privy to the, the first time it was riven, uh, ridden? Yes, I, I sort of kept it slightly secret as time was going on. And I used to say to Chris Noble, have you been around the corner surfing anyway? You know, just trying to get it. 
Oh no, he said no. Well, why would he? Why would you? Then he got further out here, and it's just him basically. Yeah, and a couple of others. Rob, meanwhile, is in agony hearing this story because Rob has just come back <coughs> from Thursday, haven't you? Well, it was empty. Yes. Thursday was empty. Just yeah. it, obviously, it was, empty. was Thursday empty. It's not anymore. <laughs> Far from it. That, uh, Far from it. That bay, Merkel, and then there was the right breaking, and there were rocks sticking up That's in it. The dump. The dump, yeah. which we sort of called back door, back door. There was pipe and back door. Yeah. <laughs> off the opposite sides of the bay. Yeah. They call it the dump because of all the dead sheep were thrown in there. It used to stink. Um, and I'd, I've never surfed bagpipe, you know, and I probably never will. <laughs> but I was up for the contest. It was the Scottish, um, oh, what's it called? The uh, O'Neill. Yeah, Coldwater Classic. Coldwater Classic, yeah. Mm. And they're all up there. All the. Uh, Mm. All the British, you know, luminary were there. I think Russell Winter. Russell, uh, I knew Russell well. He was going in for a heat. And I would have said to Russell, let's go over. Al McKinnon was there. Mm. He didn't know about it. And I thought, oh, and Roger Sharp. So I was... So these I thought, are other photographers now, Al yeah. McKinnon and Roger Sharp. Yeah. They, they didn't know what was going on around the corner. Mm. Nobody did, really. Mm. And I knew nobody had surfed it. I thought, this is the time now. If I don't do it, go with someone. You know, someone else will say discover, it, discover yeah. it. Yeah. And who was sitting there was uh, in the van. I think it was about half ten in the morning with a with a couple of cans. It was Nathan Phillips and um, Russell Mullins. Mm. Yeah, Jurgen was there. There's, and there's and a, Ollie Adams. There's a great little addendum to this story or a side to it that has come up in one of our earlier episodes because Mark Vaughan has left them all in a mood and is about three or four hours down the road <laughs> and states that to be one of the biggest regrets of his surfing life. What they, yeah, they, they'd said, Come on, stick around, stick around, you know, we, we, you know, we never know, we'll go and have another surf somewhere and he'd not felt the vibe and gone, I'm going home. Yes. And then I think, I, I don't, we'll have to check the exact version of this story, but I think in some way something goes wrong with his phone being out of signal or something and he misses out on what you are now about to tell us about. Yeah, well, I told Mullins and Ollie Adams, I think it was Mullins and Ollie, and, and Jürgen. I said, there's a, quite a heavy wave around the corner if you want to have a go at it. Of course, you can imagine Russell Mullins. Yeah! <laughs> Went round and it was piping off, you know, it was eight-foot sets, yeah. crunching over, no hesitation. He went straight in. Ollie went in and uh, Russell got the first wave. Mullins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, backhand, and he just, but no hands in the yeah. barrel. Yeah. Came out. He's on the shoulder, and then Ollie, Ollie went. Uh, he went left and right, and they were they were just all over it. Nathan it was, got a few. Yeah. Then Nathan turned up. Then I saw the Volkswagen four-wheel drive of Al McKinnon appear. Behind the brick wall, so up on the beat, top. So you okay. beat him by an hour or two. Behind the brick wall, I thought, you can't drive there. Next thing, the tractor pulls up, and I see Al McKinnon. He's getting his camera. Bye, Al. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> the, the farmer dragged him off to get that back, and he came round a bit later, and uh, he got shots when um, Nathan was in, uh, and Jurgen was in. Then they were all getting great waves. Mm. Uh, I think and Igor as well. So it was that lot and a bodyboarder. It was one bodyboarder came right. in Scottish, I think. Right. And afterwards we were 
chatting and discussing what to call it. And it was, you know, I said, oh, I've always thought of it as like the Scottish El Camillo, the Scottish pipe, Scots pipe. And I don't know if it was the Scots bloke that said bagpipe or me. We just don't, we can't remember because it just came out. Yeah, well, bagpipe we'll call it. And I've had grief off uh, Russell Mullins, you know, ever since for not calling it the Russ, the oh, um, right. the mull pipe. <laughs> so he, he could rename. Oh, mind you, he's got pipe. a good point. It would have been a funny name for it. Yeah, but but, yeah, but I I, I had discovered it. You discovered it years ago, yeah. and kept knowing about it, and had been again, and I never really had anybody of any caliber of that that sort of caliber that could surf it. And that was just the time, and you know, yeah. we got it. And I'm sorry to Russ, but he was in the heat, you know, and uh, we went. Yeah. There we are. So we've heard all about the uh, exploration of the, the north coast of Scotland, but you've, uh, it's not just Scotland mm -hmm. that you've uh, had experience with discovering spots in the UK. You spent a lot of time on the, the northeast coast as well, haven't you? Yes. I think that came about again from a school trip. Okay. When I was even younger, in Liverpool. We went for, to Saltburn for uh, a couple of days. And this school went to some yeah good surf spots. That was the Liverpool school, right? You know, that was the uh, you know the prison wall specialist. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've got to make it up to you for the fact yes. that you're hearing people get hung all the time on your break time. I think they were going to hang people that week, so <laughs> we, had, we had the day off. Let's go and discover a surf spot. We had the day off. Yeah. Um, anyway, we went to uh, Saltburn, and I had the camera again. Mm. And I was, I was, uh, art was my thing at that time. This was before surfing. And I saw these fantastic waves. And only when I look back at the shots, and I did prints, I did, um, yeah. I did etchings of it. And it's, it's probably like six to eight foot breaking off the back of Saltburn Pier. And that was, that was my shot that I did prints of. And I, I look back at it now and just wonder what it was like around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> probably like the other day when there were uh, 40 people in. Yeah, yeah, I heard yeah. about this as well, yeah. Yeah, which, um, so <laughs> I, used to, I used to do trips to the East Coast. I used to just so who up. was the first person to surf stays then? Oh, it was Poss, um, I th it was the um, the Whitby boys. Right. Who I first saw there, there was Greeny, he's dead now. Yeah. Big bloke, Greeny, he'd have a good go at it. Um, Sedge, real Yorkshire type, mm. hard. Uh, Harry, who surfed it for years, and oh, there's another couple. Uh, uh, Nigel Veach used to come down. Right. He used to come down, and then Gabe started going down there. Yeah. And there was Gary um, Gary Rogers. Yeah. From Saltburn, mm -hmm. who he'd he'd go in. I'd see him all the time. Then I ended up I was repping, and I'd go up the coast. I'd do my repping tour when the when the waves were on. Yeah, you know, I'd check the chart. Mm. Of course, nobody down here would even have a clue that uh, there's any waves on the east coast, let alone the. Uh, the the wave yeah. the sea wave the sea word wave mm. yeah uh, I used to, I used to surf it surf it all the time then and, uh, yeah you know I was quite I was quite young mm. and I used to make the most of it nowadays uh, I spend more time on the bottom than uh, <laughs> than I do there I went with uh, Pat recently yeah I saw that yeah mm. and um, I think I made it about fifty yards on this like six footer next one's coming through it's about eight foot mm. Ollie Adams was up there and uh, winner of the Fistral um, Jace Jace sorry Jace Jace Ollie ripping and of course Logo Cop he's going well in there I thought it was Ollie Adams I said 
It's no, it's, it's Logan. No, it's Ollie Adams. They were going. No, it comes out. Logan, belting it off the top with style. So this is our, our yeah, our Welsh champion Logan. Who yeah. Is, uh, yeah. Whose father Craig is uh, is manning our cameras. Hey Craig. Us, yeah. He's doing well. He's wearing the suit well. And yeah, I didn't know of this nickname. <laughs> and the helmet. Yeah. I didn't know of this nickname. I got to congratulate you on it. You're good at thinking of surf spot names, but for that one, we, we're going to make this one stick. It's a triple pun, isn't it? Because it's yes. Logan. Le- it's logos. It's like Robocop. Robocop. Because you know he's a machine. And he's Logo Man. And then Logo Man. Logo yeah, Cop. yeah. He's he is like a, some sort of Terminator when he walks around. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit like Ronaldo. <laughs> in the, of the surf world <laughs> he moves around with meaning but uh, there was a funny one with uh, Logan in Langland I'm standing there and got people who Logan they're all in and uh, Alice Barton was in and so we said oh is that that girl yeah. I said yeah yeah, she's, she's top notch I said she's yeah. whack off the top back end off the top yeah yeah Click, click, I got her. Yeah, she's going places. I said she'll be in the, you know, the top tier yeah, of, will, of, yeah. of the world. She will. Means, she will. Anyway, this uh, out she comes, and uh, woman standing. That's 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 a man. I think Logan had longer hair at the time. Right. I think he had it mid length. Uh, just a couple of years back, I, she said that's a man. I thought, oh, oh. I've just been taking pictures of Logan. It's not Alice Barton. <laughs> and she looked at me and I, I said, but he's got a hell of an ass." <laughs> I also call him Baboon. Uh, he has that style. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So we've, we've heard Sorry. about... We've heard... Yeah, just to bring it back to surfing and, surf and surf spots somewhat, yes. Mm. We've heard about Thursday. We've heard about... I will say, I can, what I can see from here is that Logan's father is thoroughly enjoying uh, his, uh, all, all the stuff he's going to be able to bring up with Logan when he <laughs> could, be, could be Logan Bot. Except he's in, he's in, he's in the Azores right now, so uh, Craig's going to have a few days. He's to got prepare. some sores, has he? <laughs> Ooh, well, I imagine he does. The sort of online stuff he gets mixed up with. Yeah. <laughs> there we are. I'm going to bring it back to the spots. Bring it back. We've heard about Thursday. We've heard about a uh, spot on the, on the east coast of the UK. Yeah. Arguably... Two, the two best waves in the UK. Yes, yeah. I'm going to ask that we take a short hop across uh, Ireland now. Another place you've spent plenty of time yeah. and forged some yeah. fantastic relationships with the likes of John McCarthy, Ollie O'Flaherty. Uh, Fla- oh, O'Flaherty, yeah. O'Flaherty. It's best to say that. <laughs> and, yes. And, uh, well, amongst others, I'll, I'll leave it to you. Yes. Uh, we. I went with Sarah on my honeymoon. We went in a, we had a, we had a Volkswagen van, bay window van. And we went for about three weeks straight after the wedding in Cardigan. And uh, she was, uh, you know, surf widow, basically, <laughs> for the three weeks. She realised what this marriage was all about. <laughs> and after me being in Eski, I went all around the southwest and all the west coast, ended up in Eski. And again, it was pretty empty. There was about two, two or three people in, one bloke from Wales, 1980. And it was three hours, it came out. She'd read, you know, two Mills and Boone books or something. Mm. It was sort of grey, grim. I ate a sandwich, I said, I'm just going back in for a bit longer. <laughs> then I saw her walking away from the van <laughs> in the offshore with the two Aussies who'd been in for about <laughs> three hours, had enough. Well, where are they going? All right. I came out and there was a note, gone to the pub. <laughs> oh, I thought, oh, this is a great start to this marriage. I'll go and join you. 
well, they'd had two pints of Guinness by the time I'd got there. By the time we left after the lock-in, I'd had eight and she'd had ten. It's a record for me and her drinking. It was all day for her and all evening. It was like some sort of wedding. And uh, I didn't surf the next day. <laughs> but uh, after, after, after that, I toured around. I went to Ireland many times. I've been with Sarah and I've, I used to rep then in Ireland for um, Brad. I think I went over once with, uh, with the Chops. I, I rep for Chops as well when, you know, mm. for his rip curl and stuff and his wetsuits. Wavelength wetsuits? Wavelength? Wavelength. I don't recall a wavelength wetsuit. Sure. I think it was. Oh, right. Producer yeah. Dodd's nodding. And I think I took right. some over and went, went to Strandhill and places. But I'd always time the trips for swells. You know, I'd be phoning them up. And then there's no mobile phone so that Brad can't get onto you. Like, where are you? You haven't yeah. called at that shop yet. There was none of that. Not that they were paying me anything anyway, Christ. Yeah. I think I only made money from selling off my sample ranges. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, so I toured every corner of Ireland mm -hmm. from, I'd land at um, Rosslare and then go up and do the Dublin calls if there was no good surf on the west coast up to um, Portrush yeah. to mm. Paddy, Andy Hill, Paddy as he was known, he, he came to Swansea University, great bloke, I was in South Africa with him for a trip. Um, I saw surf in Newcastle in Ireland and that was up the east coast. Mm -hmm. And it was a strong south swell, and it was absolutely pumping, but I had to get up for the call, so I knew I'd be surfing the west coast. And then I'd, I'd check all the spots out on the way down to Bundoran. i surf Bundoran, and um, I'd sell to uh, Surf World, to Richie. Yeah. The Sham. Yeah. Uh, good crack, lads. Richie. So presumably during this time, you, you'll have seen lots of the spots that are now world famous yes. grow from being unknown we've heard um, we spoke to uh, Gabe Davis um, a week or so ago and we heard about the kind of the pioneering of Mullingmore from his perspective oh yes well I, I, I saw Mullingmore yeah I believe you've got an insight into this yeah I um, oh, I'm trying to think of the brothers that lived in Bundoran because I sell Bundoran I'd be there I guess surf Bundoran with them they were all friendly and nice so uh it's always quite nice when we go to Bundoran because some of them still remember me. Um, but it was, I said, well, what about the big point out there? I was pointing out, you, could, you know, you can see mm. the uh, castle on the hill the Mountbatten place. Oh, he said, uh, you may get a wee wave uh, around Mullagmore. He said, it's probably about 20 feet today. Mm. And, and you mentioned Mountbatten, you're referring to what Mullagmore was famous for before. Yeah, it was. Because it was where Lord Mountbatten was blown Louis, up by the IRA. Louis Mountbatten, he's blown up there, yeah. yeah. In his boat, yeah. The programme was under the night. It was fairly sad, really. Mm. But uh, I went to look at Mullagmore. It wasn't my cup of tea. <laughs> mm. And came back and served Bundoran again. But I've, I've been around every crevice of that whole coast, all the way down around the bottom. And there are some... Still hidden gems, but they were very quiet at the time. Very, mm. very quiet. But I see them getting more popular these days. Mm. With Ollie, I used to stop in La Hinch, Ollie and uh, John. They were just like... John McCarthy. They were just young, you know, young tearaway types, you know. Mm. <laughs> Surf mad. 
and uh, they I'd, they'd buy all my old samples off me if it was the end of the tour and, mm. and maybe have a board or something for them they, they were great we, we'd go around and I'd take shots of them surfing and I'd show them a couple of breaks around near the hinge mm. <laughs> which uh, one are also now yes famous spots yeah so I, I taught and I went to one surf spot with uh, Ollie and John mm. we, they went on a little trip up uh, up north, you know, to the um, islands off uh, Donegal. You have to get a, a ferry over to it. And uh, there were lefts coming off that that you could never believe. Really? Yeah. Uh, super heavy. You don't get uh, you don't get people really going there. Still. They all go in Bandoran, Eastkey. And there's all Lynch. that. And there's all that still out there to be and discovered. That's, that's just one spot. You know? Yeah. That's one spot. And then, of course, down in the bottom, and those uh, those fingers, there's, yeah. there's all sorts as well. And then in time, of course, Sarah wises up, yes, and uh, and sort of you know chills out back here in uh, in Mumbles, and uh, and her spot in the camper van is replaced by guts. Oh yes, yeah. Well, actually, I think I sold the van because um, at the time guts, we ended up going in his van. We're going to come to Wales in a minute, which is what a lot of our listeners are going to want to hear about but before that can we just point out I think a lot of the sort of travel that um, you know your your sort of career encompasses you know mm. as opposed to the, the, the things you've achieved in surfing um, it is to do with the stuff that you've discovered on UK shores and in particular Wales but there is foreign travel as well it is a part of your life and a couple of international trips you know you talked to us about Australia you spent some time uh, with Pete Daniels in Durban yes. um, but then yeah. following on from that your sort of milieu in terms of foreign trips in your life was, was when you finally made it to the uh, well, to the forgotten island of Santosha which you, you plugged earlier on I think in, in I think it was in episode one uh, part one of this podcast I I bought the magazine the Surfer Mag and uh, I just stared at the cover yeah and was it was it a Norton and Peterson run the the, the island the no Santosha no it's story? Joey Joey Cabell Joey Cabell right okay. yeah San Diego yeah yeah and they got nobody knew where this island was yeah even then it was this big secret yeah and the cover it was sort of you had to work it out it had some sort of Indian influence on the way yeah. the decor and stuff was and and the perfect perfect left the most perfect left you could ever imagine mm. which it was and still is really yeah and it i could never afford to go there it was expensive to get to you couldn't stay you couldn't get cars to travel around in the place that researched it and one day one of my friends from wales sent me a postcard from there oh my heart dropped and you what because you realised where it was you mean no he, he I, I knew where it was oh, so you knew where Santosha yeah. according yeah. to the, that surf, Muppet, surfer magazine was and uh, he worked in Oman in Saudi and I think yeah. he had plenty of money he could fly around to the islands and yeah. he'd been and also so oh, we, we can say where this is can't we oh we will say yeah well it's Mauritius yeah yeah Indian Ocean Tamarind Bay Tamarind Bay mm. the famous and it's very localised apparently it is very very localised it, yeah. it was localised when I went when I went with Jono from City Surf mm. we both went we thought oh this is it and it didn't break so we had to surf down south mm. on the south of the island where it was the most it was like reunion it was horrible sharks mm. and there'd be rivers coming out with brown water you'd hear of a whole native Creole family 
kids going in, family going after them, all eaten by sharks, you know. Mm. So you got this in your mind when you're paddling around those sudden breaks. And we saw a huge one um, down at this this uh, spot right on the south by a graveyard. And uh, I, I just had to paddle in in the end, I couldn't stand it. Mm. And me and John had paddled in. Then we had boats out to the outer reefs, but Tamarin Bay still wouldn't break, it takes a big mm. swell. We were, we were out of season, we were on the shoulder season. John had to go home, mm. and uh, I was there ordering uh, swimwear, lady swimwear, because I like wearing it, <laughs> <laughs> and it fits into a suitcase. <laughs> you can get a lot in. <laughs> so I ordered a load of g-strings. I was going to sell them in France, yeah. and uh, yeah, I had to wait for them to be made. I stayed on a bit, stayed on a bit longer, and uh, they gave me a, a very cheap rate at the Tamarind Bay Hotel out of season uh, it's just a little hotel and palm trees and uh, the wave every morning I'd see the wave or oh, six inches I look out it's breaking and I had surfed it a couple of times small it's really shallow and it's there'll be coral heads coming up from ten foot deep mm. water because we dived on it and stuff and just to inspect it for when it did break this day arrived I paddle out oh my god you know it was reeling off. It, it's it's so fast as it comes, and then it slows down. It winds down around the corner of the reef. And there was two blokes in. The, there was one bloke about your size, about six foot seven, and uh, and the local Creole bloke. They had white shorts on. They're the white short locals. Yeah. And he's talking to me. There were no trouble. No, uh, there was no trouble to them. Mm. And they were chatting about whales, and they go, "Oh, have you, have you ever surfed Mandaka?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, surfed Mandaka mm. quite a lot." And uh, oh, oh, we dream of going there. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Christ, I've been dreaming of coming here for <laughs> ever since I went to Mandaka. <laughs> it's lunchtime. They had to go. They were they were working. One disappeared. The other one said, it, "The Creole guy in the uh, white shorts said, oh, I have a great time. You, you, you've scored it.'" He said, "You know, it's about four or five foot, and you're on your own." I had two waves. I'm paddling back out, and I'm just thinking, I'm not that keen on this on my own. Yeah. <laughs> and I caught a wave and went in. <laughs> you're in. You're in the, the the your dream spot on your own. And suddenly, and you realise, oh, yeah, paradise else. found isn't quite all it, it is gut, on your guts own. Guts isn't there. Guts wasn't there to, <laughs> to paddle inside me and take the uh, set waves. <laughs> Like he did at a certain point break in West Wales. Yeah. <laughs> after, I'd, after I'd filmed him for about an hour. <laughs> uh, and of course you took Guts to El Quimau as well, didn't you? You mentioned bagpipes. Like, oh, you know, El Scottish El Quimau. El Quimau, yeah, and Guts, yes. We, we went, yeah. We, we, I did a lot of trips to the Canaries with Guts. Mm. And we ended up in El Quimau and Guts, you know, he did want to prove himself going back. And we had Alan Stokes with us. Yeah, and right. Guts made him go in. Alan was only young. And this is a this is a horrendous... It's awful. ...dredging... It's ledge pit yeah and the, the, the one of the gnarliest waves in Guts got stabbed there the northern once. hemisphere yeah. you know, in, in, yeah. in the northern Atlantic really isn't it, it is it's the pipeline of uh, yeah. of the Atlantic yeah. so uh, there's a Spanish Spanish bloke in there there's horrible locals mm. apparently they've gone now that uh, they've got religion now so okay that means they'll still kill you <laughs> <laughs> So that's what they do best, yeah. the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> so there's blokes there from northern Spain, and we're going, oh, I want to go and surf uh, El Camao. 
Uh, I, 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 I can't because of that. Um, can't think of his name. Goma. Mm. Goma. He's the local. Right? He was nasty. He's karate. He stabbed guts a couple of years before because really? he, he paddled out. And he went, uh, no, he said, uh, I'm from Mundaka. He said, Mundaka from the mainland. He said, the locals, locals, the locals. Uh, you know, it was like they were lower class on yeah. the islands. Yeah. He said, uh, he, inadequado, in he said, uneducated. No, you come with me. You come with me to the peak. So he paddled out. Oh, Jesus. It's like low tide. <laughs> that coma's out there. Yeah. Got this paddled out. We're going, mm, don't like this. Don't like this at all. We don't want any part of it. <laughs> and he's going, come, come on, boys, come, come on the peak. You, you have a wave. Vamos. Goma takes off on one. Back and I look at it. I go, I could never take off on that in my life. Yeah. You know, it's like a twelve foot pipe. Mm. Oh, I just, oh, I try not to even look at it. Mm. And the Spanish, uh, the Madaka local, drops straight in on him. He's on holiday with his family. You know, drops straight in. Runs him up the reef. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, this guy. He's going, you guys, come on, come over, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he takes another one, the bloke, and I just managed to paddle over that shoulder. I see him going underneath me, like behind me. Yeah. This is not for me. I want to go in. <laughs> I do want to go in. And Gus is going, oh, we don't like this. And Gus did get the odd wave. Yeah. And we went in, just I mean, chatting with him. He said, oh, yeah, he said, next time you're Mandaka, you come, you can have some waves. And, uh, you know, Craig's age, oh, that was all that. Yeah. So that was wow. the old El Camayo. Let's get to Wales then. Um, is that the country that you've spent the most time charting? Um, or, or, or do you tend no. to sort of stay local more when you're in Wales? Um, I did... Um, Check every crevice of Wales. You, know? you have done, yeah. Yeah. And as some of this, because I, you know, I've walked a bit of the coastal path. I mean, loads of people have been around, and yeah. And I walked the coastal path, and I've thought about you. Don't take you know. Mm. I've walked Oof. it, and I've thought to myself. I've looked at it, and I've thought, gosh, in a pair of speedos with a moleskin glove. Yeah. That you bought out in Mauritius. Yes. No, and <laughs> I, I, I've walked it, and I thought to myself. Is that a spot? Is that a spot? Is that a spot? And I thought, this is what the gill's done. Yes, you do have to do that. That's what you've done. You've walked. Yeah. So you've just walked bits of the coastal path. Now you and can then do what it on Google it, Earth. What happens if it's the wrong tide? That's what, that's the trouble with Wales uh, and sort of Scotland, Wales. You, you go there and uh, high tide, there's nothing there, is there? Yeah. So you have to go a few times and... And it's rare that the all the elements come together in Wales to produce, you know, the, the goods. Uh, you miss out, but eventually you get it. And uh, Caravan Point was one of them. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't understand why the Aberystwyth lot didn't know it was there. Didn't seem to go there. Yeah. Uh, we used to go to Aberiron and Aberarth, and because Sarah yeah. was down there, we were going down to her family home yeah. a lot. I used to go up the coast checking it, and because uh, because on the map, Aberiron is the one that looks like it would be. It, like it is the big rolling left like it is sometimes yeah, mm. yeah. but uh, yeah, it's sometimes there's caravan now it's, it's bloody packed isn't it so, yeah but the Aberystwyth lot used to go north to their surf spots and down just to the next baby there level. is another left up there to isn't the there? other left north. yeah there is another and I that's, know. that's where they used to go mm. and uh, that, that was caravan surfed it surfed it empty god I went up for Christmas to stay with Sarah and I'd 
I'd surf it on my own. I didn't mind surfing there on my own. There's no sharks and no nasty coral heads. The seal comes along and says hello sometimes. Don't like that either. (laughs) I'm no hero, (laughs) as you gathered. (laughs) Do you think there are spots out there on the Wales Coastal Path, on the All Wales Coastal Path now, and yourself or, or someone hasn't yet looked at them on the right tide and in the right conditions, or do you think we know them all? I think um, Barry was the last spot to be discovered. Really? It's do been you, done. Yeah. <laughs> That's, so, you, so in your opinion, we're not, we're not waiting, we're not going to find that there's something? No, I don't think there's anything. Really? I, I'd say there isn't. I'd say don't waste your time. Where in where in in the UK do you think there is? Oh, I've got bits I know. Of coast yes. you know of things, yeah. I do know a few spots in in a few places in Scotland, the Scottish Islands. Really? That yes. Yeah. I've tested Ollie Adams on it. He still hasn't found them. Right. He keeps trying. I, I know. I know where he goes. Yeah. But he, I still know they haven't been. That there is. There is a fantastic series of lefts which I've only been to right. with. Little Nick, who uh, I go with in his little yeah, van. Yeah, I know. I've been up to caravans with you and yeah, Nick. Nick. Yeah, little Nick. Little Nick on his. He used to be a sponger and uh, yeah. he doesn't mind going heavy. Yeah. And now he Love, surfs. Lovely but, fella. Uh, we've What's his surname? Let's give him Nick Reese. Nick Reese. Lovely yeah. fella. Nick Reese. Mm. And I always admire this as well, in terms of as a photographer, then, right? Getting the shot. Because you, you've done plenty of this and we were talking about one of caravans recently mm. where you, you, know, you, you show up. And you know there's a there's a feeding frenzy going on, and and you figure right I'm gonna hike up that mountain or I'm gonna hike round to the next point or to that promontory there, mm. and take these like unique wide angle or high angle bird's eye view shots of these surf spots that are the ones that end up being in you know decades of storm riders and reprints and posters, yes, I mean, uh, postcard I... pictures rather than you know that. That five hundred, the same looking reentry from one of you know one yeah. of Wales's other top surfers. It, uh, I did take those shots, but they were never allowed in the mags, sort of thing. Oh, they they never wanted they... to show. They never wanted to show where where these places were. Yeah, They're, I remember Carve. They wanted the uh, you know front lit, open leg pawn shot, basically bang, yeah. wetsuit logos, Russell yeah. Winter. That's what they wanted. Yeah. And he used to think, oh, I can't, I can't really do anything with that shot. It shows where it is. Yeah. And I never did that. I never exposed the spots. Yeah. Whereas you now... You do those hikes. Oh, yes. I, uh, and is that a really rewarding thing to do, to go and see those spots? Sure. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Wales, there aren't many places you hike around, but you, you did have to search and, and look. Mm. But Scotland, you hike over and over into the next bay. I did once in uh, Ireland with... I used to go to um, Dingle to mm. bring uh, my friend's artworks back, Nicky Gammon, Buzzy Gammon mm. he's called, because uh, mm. uh, they used to call him that because he served some big waves in Gittery when he was, uh, it was 14 foot, when he was mm. 14 he went with Dave Fryer, Buzzy Gammon, and he moved to Ireland to Bally David, lived on the point there, which mm. nobody knows about, but you do now obviously, <laughs> it's a steaming right, mm. and I used to bring his artworks back to London, and he, he wanted to get me it eventually to be a surf forecaster mm. guide a bit mm. like these people who sell their souls for you know they work for Surfline and places like mm. that um, and give all the spots away and hype up the swells 
that's not what surfing's about. It's not surfers about hyping up swells, mm. which I saw in Magic Seaweed. I already monitor them to see what the, you know, what they've found recently, what they've mm. just discovered. And uh, they they seem to want to guide everyone to the spot, so they can't be surfers. These people mm. involved in this. Mm. That's what I, that's all I can see. But uh, somebody recently has just landed the dream job of uh, telling everyone, you know, where it's going to be on and when it's on. <laughs> I think he lives down uh, down your way. <laughs> yeah, well, we we, we do we dream do a, job. We, we do a right to reply service on this, so uh, so we'll. Uh, That's we'll... A, it's a traitor's job. <laughs> <laughs> and you heard it here. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> So, Keradigian, yeah. Oh, Keradigian, yeah. Is your affinity with that place partly down to, to Sarah's being from it there? It is, then? yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she was born in, in a house yeah. overlooking Newquay and uh, Harbour. And you know, I, I, I said at the start of part one mm. that um, you know, if 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 you see the gill, you know you're possibly surfing the best waves in Wales that day. Um, I I remember the best day of waves I've ever seen in Wales. Um, was a day you were there, and it was, and it was at caravans. Oh, yes. A couple of days into the new year, and it was absolutely freezing and massive, but yes. but still hitting the point. I remember it, and mm. you, you remember it. And the thing I remember about that day was uh, was my partner Breach catching a left. I don't know if you still remember that. That well, it, 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 was it? It was a high tide, wasn't it? She it was high went... tide, just as it was dropping back. Yes, I remember. You went in, and uh, and you uh, you 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 came up and you, uh, and you said. That, that was the best wave you'd seen a woman ride outside of Hawaii. And I haven't been to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> or I ever want to go there. But we'll talk about that. Do you but remember that was. session? Yes. Was, oh, no, she had the wave, and I thought I took, you know... I mean, it looked like... my toupee off to her, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was throwing. Yeah. Um, and Ringpiece was in that day. He was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. glinting Ringpiece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to his girlfriend, which I didn't know it was his girlfriend. Right. She had some sort of hood on, and we were walking down. Yeah. And I go, oh, you'll see this bloke now. He's a, he's a right clunker. Here <laughs> 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 he goes. It's, uh, oh, it's Ringpiece. He's going to take off. She's looking at me. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and, and Guts is walking along. He goes, like coming into a sweat. And I go, oh, oh. Oh, this is going to be hilarious. Here he goes. Look, he's, he's getting a wheelie, and now he's going to go over the front. Oh, Christ, how jerky is that? Mm. And, uh, <laughs> and his girlfriend's the next to you. Yeah, and uh, Guts went to Glenn's girlfriend. Yes, I knew that, Guts. <laughs> I knew that, yes. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, just having her on. <laughs> she was laughing anyway. Yeah. yeah, She's very nice. Yeah, And ring pieces. Excellent. And can I ask as well about, uh, you know, we... We're bottoming out here. Bottoming mm. out, or you know, we're getting yes. to we're getting to the, the the nitty gritty of talking about surfing in Wales. Yes, and uh, I think uh, I think Rob will ask you a little bit more about your opinions about surf forecasting oh, as well shortly. Okay. So you know, you sorry. no, no, it's great you started on that, and we'll we, we I am I'm, we're interested. But I just want to ask you about other famous figures that you've met before we sort of uh, come into these last few questions. Oh, because um, when when I was talking to you about we Rhino and I had been talking to Buzzy Kerbox the day that we started. The yes. research call for this show. I did meet him, and yeah, you said you'd met him, um, and you said that that was along with Laird, uh, and then and then of course your your personal friendship with Mikolos. Oh yes, Dora. Yes, uh, I'd met some of these other surfers, and it it was at the world contest, world sub contest. Yeah, that's where um, Buzzy Kerbox was. Right, hi Buzzy, 
Yeah, great show, last show. Uh, they were all there, all those Hawaiians. I, you, you know, people are scathing about paddleboarders. Yeah. But you see them, these are all the Hawaiians, yeah. and they're all over there. Oh, yeah. In fact, Kyleni was there, he was sitting opposite me. Yeah. He was like a, a youngish boy at the time, but he was really good on the sub, yeah. and, uh, and all the Tahitians, yeah. and great time, and all great. And Chris Burtish. South African. Big South African, he just Georgia. won the Triple uh, XL. Yeah. The year before, I think, at Mavericks. Mm. And Aussie Dave, I can't remember his name, but uh, mm. he was talking to us. Oh, I hang around with you boys, you know. You're decent guys, you know. Mm. We parked next to the toilets in the car park in Guts's van. They were all staying in hotels. Mm. And uh, we took him around and showed him supermarkets. And mm. he'd never seen anything like, you know, French food and yeah. French gear. Bloody grog in these places. Then he got the magazine out. He said, oh, this is me. It's Chopu. It was... It was yeah. Big, big chopu. Him on his sub backhand, wow. bottom turning, and so we go yeah. to go to a surf spot with them, looking for some sub waves. And we're driving past Cote de Bas, going south towards Gittery, and Chris Burtish hopping around like a, some sort of school kid in the car. <laughs> ah, ah, look, his wife's breathing down there. His wife's look, look, and get out there in a subs. And it was it was probably about three foot. Yeah. Cote de Bas. Oh Christ, triple XL. <laughs> yeah. I said we'll go down to Gittery. Going out to Gittery, it's packed. Oh, so we went around the corner then to Senex, yeah, to the peak. Mm-hmm. And Dave's going, ah, oh, this looks all right, mate. Let's give this a go. Chris Burtish paddles off in his sub, and uh, he comes back about uh, ten minutes later. Oh, really, really hostile out there, bro. He's going, I don't know, it's Australian or South African, South African, South African. And uh, Dave's going, what do you mean, mate? Hostile? You only just paddled over. He said, oh, yeah, these bass guys really give me some, uh, you know, some bad vibes. Dave goes, right, I'll go and have a word with them, see what's going on here. So Dave, like a tank from Western Australia, out he goes on his top. And he's seeing that, he catches away, he comes back. All clear, boys. <laughs> I say, Chris Burgess is going, what'd you say? What'd you say to him? He said, right, said, all you guys out here, a uh, couple of friends here, international friends, they want to come and have a couple of waves on your break. And, uh, you know, they only had a couple of waves, they're not greedy, they're good surfers as well. Let them have a couple, all, you know, all, all good. And, or he said, I'll go and get my shortboard, <laughs> a West Australian champion, and I'll sit on the lot of you, I'll take every set wave off you. Or three, and he goes, you, until your biggest mates get on the beach now and sort it. <laughs> and that was it. Wow. We went, went in and had a nice paddleboard time. And how did you come to us to, to get to know Dora? And Dora, well, it, that's going back to um, John Berry, as mm-hmm. you prompted me earlier. I forgot. Yeah, well, I remembered that you hadn't actually shaped my first surfboard, John Berry. I shaped it. Yeah, Bridgend boy that uh, now yeah. is in the southwest of France. To. Uh, uh, we'd seen Dora in, um, we'd seen him in France. I'd been down with Sarah, and uh, Mickey'd always come up to the van, you know, Roger Cooper's van. Mm-hmm. He always wanted a board. Cooper would never make him a board. I <laughs> know, <laughs> oh, Mickey, I'm not making a board. No, no, no. I'm going, oh, it's Mickey Dora, that, surely, surely. <laughs> no, he won't pay for it, Roger's going. That's <laughs> just Mickey Dora. Yeah, 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 he doesn't pay for anything. You know, he's, he's got had a white suit in his van that uh, you know he used to put on and go to the golf club and he'd get free mm. drinks and everything. Mm. And it, it was like they tell us all his stories. 
uh, uh, he was he was a funny bloke, and uh, he was going, yeah, yeah, I need a surfboard. He said, I need a, I need a step deck on it. He's going, he said, no, I need a step deck. He said, because these French guys, you know, they're just too busy looking at themselves in the mirrors. When I'm, I'm changing in the car parks, they're either looking at themselves in mirrors, you know, they're just, he said, they're, they're just concerned about their looks, or or they're either popping out the bushes and flashing things at me. He's going, it's, it's, it's just weird down here. So I want this step deck so they can look at me. <laughs> I'm going to stand on that and I'm going to come through a lot of them and I'm just going to show them, you know, what, what surfing's about. <laughs> I'm going, oh, all right, Mickey. All right. So next time I said, I'll be down again with boards for Roger. Yeah, he said, he won't do me a board. He said, uh, we can do it at John, John's place, John Berry. I said, fine. Yeah, we can go down back of Anglet. Boiling hot, surfers go down to shape this bloody board. Dora, he's got the blank and he's telling me what he wants. We mark it out, and it's about eight foot four. With uh, and on the step deck, he's going on the step deck. Yeah, are they hard to do? Not if you're a shaper. Right. <laughs> Everything's easy on the surfboard. Yeah, you know, golf ball bottoms doesn't matter. Yeah. So he wants the step deck. So I put the step deck on. He comes down. He's going. Mm. Yeah, he's going now. Gee, Jesus. He's looking down the rails, going, there's something going on down here, you know, he said, something going on there. I said, yeah, I haven't cleaned up the rails properly yet, you know, I'll get rid of that bump. He said, I know a bit about uh, surfboard shaping, he said, uh, shape one, uh, shape one once down in, uh, in the back of the jungle in Africa, he said, it uh, took me 18 hours, I used a matchbox and a razor blade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sandpaper for the yeah. matchbox. Shaped it at a balsa. So uh, backwards and forwards on his scooter. Yeah, that's how uh, you see. He got rid of that. And, yeah, I got rid of that. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's just what I want. You know, he didn't want a mal. He wanted this performance board. He wanted to do some turns. Oh, that's old, it's old shit, man. Old shit. All that turning. All that uh, cruising straight. Sorry. So he, he wanted to do some turns like the young kids. So uh, had the board, and I never saw him surf it. Did more trips. I didn't see him. I think he went somewhere. He went to Africa. JB, mm. you spent a lot of time there, didn't you? Yeah, he's got probably got banished from France, you know. Mm. And uh, JB, and I did a trip to South Africa. Mm. Ended up going to JB, and this this bloke walks up, got his board on his shoulder. I had my camera. Mm. I was taking a few shots. I thought, shit, I think that's Dora. That. And it, a good few years had passed now. A good few years. I don't think he even remembered me. And I said, oh, can I get a picture? He's, he's hiding behind the board, you know, didn't want a photo taken. And his dog with him then, uh, Scooter Boy, mm. little dog, little uh, King Charles. So uh, he goes to get changed, so I'll leave him to get changed. I said, no, no. I went over to the chip shop then, and he comes in the chippy, in uh, J-Bay Chippy. These and scapies, I think it's called, mm. fish and chips. Yeah, fish and chips, and they got any scraps of Scooter Boy. Yeah, and I said, uh, I think you might know me. You don't remember me. Man, I've seen a million people. He goes, uh, I said, yeah, I shaped your board in uh, France on Glad. Oh, oh, man. Yeah, then he was all mm. great. Yeah, yeah. He's reminiscing about France and the old times. And uh, had I, uh, I said, I've been to been to Ireland, uh, you know, a few times recently. I saw Linda over there. I said. Mm. That was his girlfriend, mm. uh, and she she had a van parked on Eastgate Right, and she used to live in the van. And uh, he's tell me, uh, tell me about Linda. Is she uh, is she still pretty? <laughs> I said, well, 
she's about 65 and she's been in the sea a lot well she's you mean she's she's wrinkly and stuff I said yeah it's normal all <laughs> <laughs> oh, right man yeah yeah true, true. I said uh, let me chat a bit and off he went he said I'm, I'm going to look for a diamond in Namibia this was well before anything was even talked about with Namibia yeah and he went off I think he did a whole article in Surfer Mag lost in Namibia yeah it was quite, quite a thing came back then to France and I went on quite a few trips to like the Quicksilver Cup yeah. with, with mm -hmm. the TV and the magazines and yeah. Edge Mag and Alf Alderson they had free you know, yeah. hospitality coming down take some shots yeah and Mickey would always be down at these because for the free food yeah, yeah. yeah. he'd be at the buffet straight at the front as I was mm. <laughs> and he'd go yeah can he? These, these guys here so I'm, I'm straight up straight at the front get, get me some of that food quick it's, I can't be seen going up I'm shoveling it all on plates yeah, mm. Mickey. so we became very friendly we'd have drinks together and on these trips we'd go up skiing then up uh, the Alps mm. for the second leg of it mm. Elkerton and everyone else would be up there and just mm. be like a big uh, party up the mountain and he was a great skier mm. very stylish skier swooping down the mountain got him on a snowboard once Dora yeah wow. we said right you've got to move the times now you've got to get on one of these snowboards so oh geez now they're the cockroaches on the slopes you're going like they're all scuttling around on their mm. backs you know they sit down he said they're like cockroaches man I said you'll enjoy it it's like surfing mm. so we strapped him in strapped him into one <laughs> he was halfway up the mountain and gave him a push hey 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 how'd you turn it hey hey you just here he goes up and he goes straight into a ski school of kids <laughs> with parents. And we, oh, Jesus. And he's, ah, you know, giving him a right jab. Catches us up later. We bolted off. Comes down, you guys, you pushed me into that purpose, didn't you? He said they thought of some sort of pedophile on a tea tray. <laughs> <laughs> he said they were stabbing me with the ski sticks. Man. You know, I said, oh, you know, that's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> wow. So the door of things went on and we kept seeing him I see him in France mm. and I went to another one of these contests and he was out in Gittery he said oh going in surfing Gittery today he said well you come out I said I haven't got a board I'm only here for two days he said I'll get you one don't worry from Quicksilver so uh, uh, is it Bruno I can't think who was in charge of Quicksilver Pierre Pierre there was another uh, can't, I can't use the basketball anyway he, he gives me this board it's about that wide it's red it was a shop wall gun, red gun, just putting on the walls. Yeah. It's about that thick. I think it's about six six by about eighteen or something. Yeah. Mm. And I paddled out. Uh, <laughs> it was pumping gittery. Yeah. It was you know, like my ten foot mm. glass. I thought oh, I've got to get in here. You know, and like this was yeah. the only board I could borrow. Paddled over to Mickey. Goes, hey, hey man, never seen anyone out here with. Wearing a red necktie because <laughs> the board looked like a, <laughs> like the tie. I said, wow. uh, "Yeah, I said it's the board you got for me. Thanks, Mickey. Great." Mm. I had two waves and uh, I went in, but uh, you know, managed to ride it in. Oh. Then I go back to um, back to. I said, "Come back to the house. Come back to the house. We'll discuss the board. Uh, the next board you're going to make for me." He said, uh, "Yeah, I'm going to have it." Bolsas, they're going to sell for a thousand pounds. Your friend in uh, Wales is going to glass it. So that was the uh, shockwaves. He was mm. an excellent glasser. And um, 
he kept phoning me up. He phoned the guest house and he'd, he'd be on to Sarah. He knew Sarah quite well. So I'd say, Mickey's on Sarah. Talk to him for a minute. I'm trying to watch something here on telly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 about the bottom we're going to put on it. No, no, no. <laughs> anyway, we arranged it all and never got around to doing it because yeah. uh, he became ill. Yeah, and, he did. But um, in the meantime, they were doing, Quicksilver were going to do a bo his board. Yeah. They had the big boardroom in the boardroom with a huge table in Quicksilver. We've been in it in yeah, uh, France. Yeah. And they're all around it, and Hackman and the whole lot, you know, all the Quicksilver dignitaries, and, and Mark Phipps, who's a good mm -hmm. friend of mine. He comes in, Mark was going to shape the board. Mm -hmm. they, were, they had taken control, they were going to do it. Mm -hmm. And it was his favourite board. So God, he chucks down this stinking old, uh, you know, canvas bag on, on the table, and, oh, yeah, Mickey. And uh, pulls it out, and, oh, Christ, and he turned it over, and Mark Phipps went, shaped by the gill. <laughs> <laughs> it was that old board I did oh, for him yeah, uh, on wow. Bet about oh, wow. uh, 20 wow. years before. Wow. His favourite board. Amazing. <sighs> Amazing. Uh, he died sadly. Hmm. Yeah, and you, you talk about um, your relationship with Mickey. It was a lot, your relationships with lots of people have kind of been fostered by your uh, involvement with photography and your work for the magazines. Yes. And I'd like to talk about that for just a moment. Is there? Mm. You, you mentioned that some uh, the kind of requirements of Carve were quite tricky for you because it often gave away the spot. Yes. Was there a magazine that you particularly loved working for that kind of indulged your kind of creative tendencies? Yeah, um, Edge magazine, which was Welsh magazine. Chris Chris Barber, and I was a friend of his. Phil Holden used to be his main photographer, and then sort of I I got in and. Uh, he did various cover shots and things for me, mm. and we'd do funny stories in it. You know, I could let my creativity run wild. I did Tracking South, mm. featuring Roger, our trips with Roger Cooper. Mm. Uh, yeah, Tracking South. We did Tracking South 1, leaving the quaint little fishing village of uh, Port Talbot. You know, we mm. came across this break, and it was all... It was all uh, humour. Yeah, mm. the and we got down to Newquay, and John Conway be on the gates guarding Newquay, and... <laughs> and he'd let us in. It was all, it was all, yeah. you know, satire. satire. Sort of satire. And all shots from the trips and Cooper. And we were going to do Trucking South too, but uh, Roger wouldn't let me do it. It was uh, so, um, incrimination. We've, we've got the amber light here now from producer Dodd. I thought, yes. Um, so we're going to go a bit kind of rapid um, fire here. You know, yes. Like, what we're going to go for a couple of one word answers to sort of finish us off here, uh, Paul, on what's been this uh, an amazing uh, set of tales. Today, do you have favourite surfers to shoot? Let's start with today. Today, favourite to shoot. Like, as in right now, who you know? Who do you like? Someone's going to break. Uh, who do you take surfing? Logo cop. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Logan's the man. Okay. Got great physique. Looks good in a wetsuit. <laughs> uh, Pat as well then. Oh, I do a bit with Pat. Yeah, he's yeah. all right. He's all right. <laughs> he can't keep his board down. That's his problem. And <laughs> and, and, and and all time. And Alice Barton and Elliot forgot to mention those two because yeah. they're top notch. And Callum, Callum's Callum. Callum's best on video really because he's good value when he starts speaking. Yeah. And he tells you about his tubes. So Callum. Oh, we'll have him back on for that. Um, all time. So how do these guys compare to say Carwin, Frenchie, yes, Guts, yes, um, Nick Lavery? Streets above them, yeah. I think they are. I, they're athletes. These people, yeah. 
Okay. They're athletes. They train. They don't drink, you know, to excess. They don't do drugs. Yeah. They just focus on their surfing. It's a different mentality today, and it shows. And the stretching and exercising. I know Carwin did all that, and Carwin was yeah. brilliant. And had guts on his longboard, but these, this lot, it's a differently. Even though it's a modern era, they're a step up, yeah. well, a big step up, I'd say. Okay. Absolute natural ability, and and they come from here. Mm. Yeah, they look good anywhere. As I said, when I was stuck inside on, on the east coast, and the uh, that left was thundering through after I'd wiped out. I see uh, Pat blasted out of a big eight-foot mm. tube, spat out. Within half a second, he's coming off the top and he's back into the tube across in front of me and I could just see him disappearing. I couldn't even see him. Mm. And uh, by the time I came up, you could see his board still coming off the top, wow. you know, right down yeah. the end of the line. And uh, it's great to see they're, uh, you know, mm. they're forwarding the, uh, the Welsh surfing. But Pat is probably going to be king of the cove, I would think. Yeah, I think he, he probably is. <laughs> now we've we've got a I've got an inkling as mm. to how you can answer this next one, but modern surf forecasting. Oh yes, Are you, you started on that one, didn't you? A few yeah, I did. I, yeah, I did start. So modern surf forecasting. Bearing in mind the orange, the orange light is on. Yeah, that's fine. What about modern, uh, modern surf you're, forecasting? Well, rubbish. Well, <laughs> you're a fan. You're not a fan. Um, is it? Have we got it too easy now? You were looking at the weather charts, taking uh, screenshots or photos. Yeah, of, what did you use? A country to... file. Yeah, it's not anything bitter and jealous. <laughs> it, it's not. It's not actually because we never wanted to have a load of people at a surf spot. I mean, yeah. how many people do you want sitting next to you in a in a surf spot? Mm. You've experienced it in Thursday mm. just now, and it's because somebody is hyping up the swell mm. every single time. Storm this, storm that. It's never been any different. They're all, they're all the same, the storms. They've just got names and mm. sensationalised these days. And, you know, wave periods. Oh, it's just rubbish, isn't it? It's just, it's fairy tales. You know, it's like, uh, it's like reading the Bible, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just means nothing. So, uh, yeah, modern surf forecasters, well, you want to just go and shove it up their asses. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to what you used to do, though, you were, you were, you were talking about taking. I tell friends. You, you I tell friends where to go. And you were saying you'd take photos of the country file, yeah, Sunday I'd, weather, and then develop them. I'd video it actually. Yeah. Yeah, I'd video the country, the early country files, or when I'd video camera because yeah. you didn't have a second chance. You, yeah, you press record, sorry, on your VHS, record it, yeah. and then play it back, and you, yeah, yeah, east coast, yeah, it's coming offshore. I mean, it, it wasn't hard to do. Because you'd have and to a look at where the could. low was, and yeah. then you'd have to count the number of days to travel, and then check the wind that many days later, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, a nine eight, a nine seven six low, you'd have an eight foot swell off it. You just yeah. knew, knew that's what you'd get. Yeah. And it would be the same all up the whole of Europe, you know, except for Wales, which would have a four foot swell. Yeah. And I've, <laughs> I've heard stories um, from my dad of, of looking at the, the pressure charts in the, in the newspaper, turning up to spots, and it's flat. And then the nearest telephone box will ring, and it'll be another surfacing. Look, are you looking at the surf? Who is it? Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. Oh, no, that's what they like. Phone box people. Yeah. Tell them nothing. Yeah. Now they're, <laughs> now they're on the mobile phone. You want to get up here? You want to see it? There's, there's 40 people in. Let's see if we can make it 80. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, there's a wave pool for people like that. <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, if, if you don't know, you shouldn't be going there. Okay, and. 
producer Dodd, do I have time for a uh, the surf travel nightmare feature? I'm getting the green light. We're out of so we're the orange light has gone green again. I'm going to swiftly move on to that, if you don't mind. So it's been somewhat of a, a ritual in each of our Crestcasts to go back to a surf travel nightmare. And mm. we've been fortunate to receive plenty uh, of correspondence in this regard. And I've got what I'm informed mm. is a beauty. Um, this one coming in from George Clark of Scotland. Oh. Um, but he's now resident of Bristol. So here we go. Back in 2017, a small group of friends and I went to spend three weeks on the Indonesian island of Simulu, one of the lesser-known remote islands in Indo. The surf media had filled me with the hopes of scoring the fabled empty tropical perfect waves with only a couple of mates. So, 36 hours, three flights and a night in Jakarta later, we arrived in Simulu. It seemed we were on to a winner. However, after having spent two weeks on the island and having surfed some very high-quality waves, Without many people, our human condition kicked in and we desired emptier waves, as I'm sure you can appreciate, Gal. Yes. We had become a little bit irked by the level of crowd at the main spots. There were often up to 10 Aussie rippers that between them did a pretty good job of siphoning off the cream of the waves. As a Scotsman and a very average surfer, I was not of the caliber required to navigate this level of crowd while simultaneously trying to surf slabby hollow reef breaks my level of frustration began to build. I feel that I should be doing this in a Scottish accent, as you've been doing all the way through, Scottish, but I'm going to Scottish, avoid it for now. Yeah, Scotty. Here we are. Alas! No. Uh, yes. <laughs> it was decided the next day that we would try and charter a boat to one of the even smaller islands that reportedly had somewhere you could stay and a few epic setups. All we had to do was transfer to the, uh, the camp owner a significant wedge of our coin and the boat would pick us up the next day. Using our illegally hired car, I ventured into the nearby town of Cinnabang to tap into the local dial-up in the hope of completing said transfer. Four hours later, three failed attempts at transferring the money, 40 degree heat and many phone calls with the bank, my frustration was at breaking point. I was cooked. I decided it was time to go and have a surf to cool off. I jumped in the car and began reversing. I felt a bump and then heard an almighty crash. A brand new Honda scooter. Oh. Did I, did I have any idea how long it takes to save one of those in Rupia? A group of local Indonesians started marching towards me, fists waving, vengeful looks in their eyes. I was panicked. I put my hands up and began apologizing profusely in English. No use. I heard a mention of the POLRI, Polri, Indonesian police, mm -hmm. and knew this was an escalation I needed to avoid. I had already heard of reports of beatings and, and bribes, and if they took a look at the car, I was sure to be facing a night in the cells of Sinabang. I decided at this point to pull out my wallet, to take out £20 worth of local currency and to offer it to the scooter owner in the hope that this would pacify him. Oh, no. <laughs> you, sound, you sound like you're speaking from experience here. We've had it. He looked, <laughs> you're telling our story. He looked carefully. From Samboa. <laughs> he looked carefully, took the money from my hand and pointed back at my wallet. He then held up all ten of his fingers and pointed back at twenty. Meanwhile, his position was only getting stronger. The angry mob was growing and more curious locals kept joining. They walked me over to the nearest ATM where they carefully watched pin code and all as I took out the large sum of money needed. The charter trip had been indefinitely postponed. I needed a surf to help clear my head and get over the stress of the day. Out front were the Aussie Rippers. What could go wrong? Forty minutes later and having been out Alfred on many good waves, my frustration was reaching breaking point once again. At last, I saw a perfect grinding tube halfway down the point and it seemed like I was next in line. 
They must have finally decided to let me have one. I quickly turned around, stroked hard and began to take the drop. It was at this point that I heard a scream, as a small girl came flying out of the tube beneath me. Once I came up from my beating, I could see her on the inside also getting washed up on the point. To my horror, her board was separately making its way towards the rocks. Of course, most of the town had turned out to watch this session and had seen my complete failure to follow rule one of surfing. I felt like the biggest kook in town. I knew I needed to go back in and check that the girl was okay and offer her my board whilst I paid for hers to be fixed. I also felt the pressure of many pairs of eyes and heard several angry shouts from both the lineup and the shoreline. I pulled myself up the slippery rocks and made my way over. Her dad was there and he looked a mixture of mean and filled with pity. Filled with pity. <laughs> my embarrassment was palpable. As I started to apologise profusely for the second time in the day, she began walking towards me. Everyone was watching. As the girl arrived in front of me with almost no facial expression, she interrupted my apology with, I'm fine, my board's fine, don't worry about it. It happens to me all the time. Without even a second glance at me, she strapped her leash on again and made for the keyhole. Only one thing for it. Head back to the surf camp and hang my head in shame. I saw out the rest of my time on Similui, avoiding the out front, the best surf option. But even then, as my spot be, there were a couple of angry Germans that recognised me and heckled. <laughs> Only landing back in Jakarta, skint and tail between my legs, did the cloud of anxiety lift. At last, uh, sorry, at least I can warn the rest, though. There are two simple rules to a good Indo trip. Don't drop in. Pretty obvious. And don't reverse illicit rental cars into scooters. Thanks for allowing me some time on the shrink couch, guys. I feel better, I think. Oh, it's the, it's the, it's the double header. It's, Poor fella. It should have gone to Sandwood Lock in <laughs> Scotland. Or Coney. Or Coney. <laughs> the I, we okay. had the same experience. Except worse. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Except worse. Yeah. I think I think Indo trips always seem to have either all the luck or, or none of it. Yeah, yeah. They stole the scooter. Obviously, hid it. We lent it to some people. They stole it. Ended up outside our uh, apartment at Lakey Peak, threatening, wanting. Uh, I think it was. I think it was twelve hundred pounds <laughs> for a you know a twelve-year-old beat-up yeah. scooter, <laughs> yeah. brand new, second-hand. They said. That's all they'd settle for. And the police were with them as well, yeah. all the way. The Icelandics uh, stumped up, I think they stumped up about 800 quid. And I was with the Hockings. Uh, and they, uh, Hocking wanted to take them on. Oh, not a good idea. No. We, we just came out the water of uh, Lakey Peak and uh, he, he had a bin, big bin tang. He said, I'll take the big one. And I went, No, you won't. No, 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 don't do it. And the Aussies went, do not do that. No. Yeah. You'll end up with no arms in the jungle. Yeah. Uh, and eventually had to pay up the extra 200 quid or whatever, they, you know, the minimum they would have off us. Yeah. yeah. Um, these people have been so nice to us. <laughs> but the same people. Good, at least you've got a good story. Yeah. I've got to say, we've, we've been uh, blessed, Gil. You've given us three, at least three. Search search like yeah. yeah, what we got? We got... Emptying your bowels into the tumble dryer. Oh, they're, they're, they're not nightmares, they're good fun. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that uh, but you were Indo say, nightmare. Yeah, because I was about to ask you if you've got a surf travel nightmare. You can, you and I didn't have any, but I forgot about that. Right, that that was recent that as well. That always happens, that always happens. That was just a few years ago. Yeah. And we had to leave perfect Lakey Peak because of it, because they were not oh, 
happy with us at all. Um, and it was all their own doing, you know. Yeah. Horrible scam. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're getting the uh, the. They're not quite as friendly as they appear. We're getting the cut the uh, the cut the talking chat from our producer now. So Gil, it's um, time to go. Yeah. Time to go, and it's my pleasure to say thank you so so much for all of your time, your knowledge, your wisdom, your your stories, and your experiences. I, I haven't done anything really, but I've been around a few it's, surf spots. It sounds like you've done an awful <laughs> lot to us. So thank you again. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. And to the producers, the behind the camera, yeah. Robocop's dad, and the sound man. Producer Dodd. Producer Dodd. And so there we are. Uh, season two of Crest in partnership with Elusive is a wrap. Uh, and what a guest to see it out with. Yeah, again, if I can uh, thank you myself, Gil, it was a incredible experience. And a massive thank you to Producer Dodd, obviously, he's always here. But, but to, to Craig nice Nichol. Nice to meet you, Craig Nichol, camera anchor. Um, for for the video that you'll yes. be able to the video version of this that you'll be able to watch for this can special you, edition. Can you just cut one thing out of the whole thing? Yeah, of course we can. Legend. Okay, right. Yeah, it's gone. Uh, I'm not. It's gone. <laughs> I know. I know a few people. We'll replace yeah. it with some of producer Dodd's various uh, sorry, mes messianic. Oh, there we go. I'm joking. The success of the like season has has been in no small part to the listeners who've commented and fed back to us on the episodes and discussions that we've had. So, a reminder of how to do this. Right, you can email us at castcrest at gmail.com or you can comment on either our Instagram or our Twitter feeds. Our shows are all available on YouTube, especially this one with the video edition, uh, as well as the main podcast apps if you are able to only listen to us while driving or painting or whatever, uh, Apple, Spotify and Google. If you like what you hear or see, uh, then please do leave a review to that effect. We're trying our best to knock up a Christmas show uh, closer to the big event as long as, as long as there isn't too much surf in the meantime uh, and we can promise you that we will be back again in 2022 and we have big plans and big guests on producer Dodd's spreadsheet already most of whom have been name dropped by the guild today oh and watch out for the single too Punks of Harlech fresh from the recording studio on November the 29th on all good platforms so there we go uh, that's that for now thanks for listening again and you have our promise that season three will be in the pipeline early next year. Have a good winter in between, everyone, and a merry midwinter festival season. See you out there, hopefully. Gwelachia na morgabaithiol, a hoil amatro. Cheers. See ya. Thanks for having me.